0: so hello and welcome and thanks for coming to the advanced business show where we come each week to give you value and knowledge as much as possible and in today's episode we will be talking about real estate investing real estate investing is maybe one of the topics that a lot of people maybe have an interest into but like don't know what to do they think it is very risky They think that it needs a ton of money and so on. But in this episode, we will hopefully we will help you with this topic, and hopefully you can get some uh, additional benefits and more information to know more about this interesting topic. Even for me. So now, uh, with this episode, we have our uh, guest um, Morgan Nilsson. Morgan, thanks for coming by.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm honored.
0: All right okay it's our honor as well to have you in this show. So uh, Mr. Morgan uh, can you please tell our listener a little bit about you uh, like your background, education, what you you do now and so on?
1: Sure. Um, I'm originally educated as a deck officer in the merchant navy. Uh, I th- thought I was going to be a ship captain um, but While I was a student, the shipping industry got hit very hard by the financial crisis, Uh, and it came quite a few years later um, than the financial crisis itself, so I wasn't even smart enough to figure out that it was coming. That meant that all the jobs disappeared, and even though I educated at the top of my class, I was still unable to find a job um, for an apprentice position. Um, That led me to think differently Um, after about a year and a half of applying for work, I see in parallel that another friend of mine is doing really well in real estate, someone I respect tremendously. And he suggested to me that I should get into it. I didn't know anything about it. So I decided to bug him, asked him a lot of questions. And eventually he just said, look, you're asking too many questions. Uh, why don't you find a website, um, maybe like an online forum or something like that and, and look there. Uh, so I went online and I looked and I found a website called bigger pockets and they had a podcast about real estate. Uh, so I listened to all of those and I got really into it and every episode they were recommending a book and then I would pick up those books from Amazon and I would read all of them. And before, like before I even noticed, I had read about 800 books and, um, yeah, (laughs) pretty much any book you could find and think of, I, I read it and, um. My wife and I, we decided to buy some real estate. Um, we were also expecting our first child. And I figured, why don't I learn a little bit about negotiations? Um, as this is, for most people, buying their primary residence is their biggest transaction in their life. So I figured if I could figure out how to do that wisely, I might be able to, to uh, make a big impact. Seems like, seems like worth my time to read a book about negotiations and, and use that. Uh, as luck would have it, Dubai was booming at that time and uh, we ended up both selling our house for way more than we anticipated and, and buying the next house for way less than we probably should have. So we got two good deals uh, and we were able to to roll that profit or that earning um, into another real estate and then another real estate and I've been building block upon block ever since. Um, we can dive into so many things here. I I've been doing real estate full-time as a full-time investor since 2014. Uh, I've been investing in predominantly in America recently, the last four or five years I've been investing in America. I'm now in the process of moving my capital over to Norway, not because America is bad, I think America is great, but the conversion rate, the, the Norwegian currency is very weak at the moment for reasons Mm -hmm. i can't really understand and the american dollar is very strong for the moment which i also don't really understand (laughs) so i i think it's (laughs) i think it's a favorable i think it's a favorable time for me to move my capital over to to uh to norway Mm -hmm. um but i've been doing long-term buy and hold for the most part um i've recently started my own real estate fund focusing on airbnb or short-term rentals in america Mm -hmm. and now I will be doing some short-term rentals here in Norway as well. So uh, yeah, I've, I've also done, been, well, I should say I've been part of some deals in Australia and, and a few other countries as well, but for the most part, America and Norway is where I've decided to focus on. Hope that wasn't too long of an answer.
0: No, no, that's, that's okay. It actually shows like you have a wide variety of knowledge in different markets. Like you work with short uh, short-term, long term, not in just a single location, in actually more than a location around the world, which is really good.
1: Mm, yes, I would agree. Uh I don't pretend to be an expert. I know probably way more than your average guy, but I still learn as well. Real estate is a topic that you never really get fully educated on. But I do say that, you know, there's a lot of similarities between every single country that I'm investing in. Like there's not that much difference. But again, devil's in the details, so you gotta gotta be smart about it the opportunities the biggest opportunities are in the details i would say so each country and each city has and each asset class has a different opportunity
0: yes for sure like you wanna like you know in this part of this country maybe they like uh, this uh, kind of uh, let say real estate there's a huge demand on it and so on so you like if you take this one might be a really good something for you with a really nice uh, roi on your investment
1: absolutely are you referring to uae or, um, uh, or around the
0: world i think i think
1: oh yes absolutely different countries have different opportunities as an example uh, and, and different countries have different cities with different opportunities and even suburbs or even asset types such as you know commercial real estate warehouses might be in high demand in one area i'm looking at uh, a city close to my hometown here in Norway. They're now building a new railroad station for commercial. Um, how do you say a freight train? Um, oh. So the demand for warehouses in that particular area is going to grow tremendously in the near future. So I might be looking to do something over there. Um, they're also building a brand new theme park in in the city that I currently live in. So maybe it makes sense for me to do short term rentals over here. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, different cities have different.
0: Yeah, yeah. Different cities give you different, uh, let's say, opportunities and so on. But you need to, like, get deep, get into details and uh, know, like, okay, in this city, there is uh, a new uh, freight uh, train, as you said. Okay, warehouses will go up and so on. So look for these tiny details that will make all this difference.
1: I heard in one of the podcasts that I used to listen to a while back that if you can get in front of progress, if you can figure out where the progress is happening and if you can place yourself in front of it, you can um, you can stand to make a lot of money that way. If you're smart enough to look for the information that's out there, I mean, the information is out there. It's just about being smart enough and knowing where to look or who to ask. The information is usually public and um, as long as you can connect the dots and know where, like, what to do with that information, then you can stand to make a lot of money.
0: Yes, yes, like uh, look for information, uh, look around, uh, ask maybe some people to look for some experts in that area, uh, like talk to them. They might give you some uh, really decent information that actually make this
1: deal is a winning deal. Absolutely, I completely agree with that statement. If you can work with experts, like I don't, my opinion of real estate is this. It's not very complicated, it's not very hard. You don't have to be very smart to be successful, but there are many moving parts. So it's complicated in terms of width, not in depth. So as long as you can find the right people to connect with, if you can find somebody who's done what you're seeking out to do, that takes all the mystery out of it and you can, and, and all the risk out of it, or at least most of it. So you can you can be fairly confident in In your investment um, I should say like chance for success, assuming that you know what you're doing. Or at, another thing we should be talking about is you know how long is your investment horizon? Are you planning to invest for three years and then sell or are you looking to invest for 20 years or maybe never? you know depending on what type of investment horizon you have, how long are you planning to keep the asset, you're gonna you're gonna need to be smart like in different ways. If you're going to do a flip, you know, you're less sensitive to to long-term fluctuations, but the market can drop and you can end up having a lot of risk in a very short amount of time.
0: Yes, yes. Like, for example, Japan, uh, from 26 years ago, I think, or so, the price is, is the same. Yeah. It's not going they have up. have a declining population there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is the same, it's not growing. So if somebody bought 25 years ago and they're still waiting for that capital appreciation, we feel sorry for them.
1: Yeah. As I, like I I met you, you came to one of my investment uh, meetups in Dubai. Um, And one of the things that I talk about there all the time is in general, usually in real estate, you make money in two different ways. Either A, you're making money on the rent that's coming in or B, the price is going up in value and pretty much any type of investment deal is that way. If you're focusing on the property going up in value, unless you find a way to force it by doing some clever rehabbing and such, if you're just buying something at rent at at market value and you're hoping that the market's going to do well because it's been doing that for five years already. I mean, you're gambling. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not really investing. It's speculating. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but, um, yeah, I I don't label that as investing. And people that are doing that kind of structure, I mean, I, f- I find that they're more up for grabs. There there's many ways that you can mitigate risk to 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 avoid those types of pitfalls.
0: Yes, yes, maybe some book like will help uh, somebody. Uh, like if you know Robert uh, Kiyosaki, like he wrote he wrote like the real guide to real estate and the Rich Dad uh, Guide to Investing, like these books, like I recommend uh, for anybody like who's start investing in general and also in real estate, like they they have le- really nice information and it can be very helpful for anybody out there.
1: I completely agree. I like those books a lot. I've read them, I've re- I think I've read all the Kiyosaki books. Rich Dad Poor Dad is still my favorite book of all time. Um, I think that it, the most important part, at least the way that I see things, um, is that you got to get your head right. you got to have the right mentality. I see a lot of get-rich-quick type of personalities out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're so impatient. They want to retire in three years. And I mean, it can be done. I've seen people do it. I have people in my network that are 22 years old that have already made enough money that they can retire. I know that it's possible but i don't think it's wise to to structure your way in such a way st- structure your life in such a way where that is your main strategy you know mm-hmm. um but again it depends on your age maybe you're young maybe you have no family to take care of i have two kids i, I got to think differently if you're young and single you can screw up so many times and mm-hmm. and maybe it's worth it that way but i wouldn't be the right guy to advise on that i'm not i haven't done it that way <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh maybe i shouldn't be criticizing it maybe it's really easy to do i don't know but it doesn't strike me as the way to do it in um in a low risk environment if that makes sense
0: yes yes like uh, just anybody out there want to do any kind of investing just like uh count to 10 before uh, you do that <laughs> investment because especially like real estate it's something that is totally not the cheap it's something with maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. You don't wanna go into debt and so on and not be able to pay the mortgage and all these bad things happen to you. Just count to 10, ask some people, maybe go and have some mentoring with uh, Morgan over here. And for sure he will help you, hopefully. Yeah,
1: I, I do my best with what time I have. All
0: right, good, good. All right, so now, uh, Morgan, Uh, So we talked actually a long uh, introduction about uh, real estate. So uh, real estate, do you think that it is uh, an investment that is secure uh, enough for somebody to take or not?
1: Well, let's try to dissect that question a little bit more because I think real estate can be tremendously secure but it can also be highly risky. Uh, I know friends that have lost a lot of money on real estate and I've in assets that they thought were very secure. And I know friends that have made, well, a ton of money with taking no risk at all. Risk is such a big word or risk mitigation is such a big word in my mind. Like I, I believe that, which book was it? The Intelligent Investor by uh, Benjamin Graham, a very popular book. I believe in, it's, Warren's, it's Warren Buffett's teacher and his favorite book. And the main takeaway that I took from that book is that there are two types of investors. There's the enterprising investor, the one who takes a lot of risk, but also expects a lot of upside. And then there's the defensive investor, the one that tried to stop all risk at all and accept a much lower return because of that. Now I belong in the second category. I'm a very defensive investor. So the way that I look at real estate, I I look 10 times before I cross the road, you know? Um, and I've lost a lot of good opportunities that way because I'm so risk adverse when it comes to real estate. Now, I'm probably doing real estate deals that a lot of people think are crazy risky or, and doing it in a way that people think is crazy, inv- uh, crazy to invest. As an example, I bought four houses in America before I even saw them. I didn't go there. Uh, I had somebody go there for me Uh, to go there for me, and and they made a video, but I don't know really if they were doing the right house. Um, To some people, that sounds crazy. But in my opinion, it's even easier, it's better, it's more defensive, and I can make better decisions because I'm so detached from the asset. Now, I went there after, and I verified that that house is actually mine, and I I looked at it and, and saw it. But to me, it's a number on a spreadsheet. And it's much more easy for me to be objective and not be emotional when I'm making decisions. Should I keep this house? Should I sell it? Um, If you can be objective in real estate and and just treat it as numbers on a spreadsheet, I think you're going to be much more detached to make more intelligent decisions. Mm -hmm. feelings usually clutter things, uh, especially in the investment game.
0: I see. So like you don't want to like maybe I think Robert Kiyosaki said that. Don't want to have emotions toward. Oh, this unit is looking good. I want to keep it. I want to have it. No, just remember, this is your investment. Maybe if it's not paying any money, okay, it does look good, but it's make you lose money.
1: Yeah, uh, you have to let it and you, go. That's right. And we have different standards for what we want things to look like. I come from Norway, where where uh, my culture is that we want things to look a certain way. Norwegians typically are very house proud. They will invest almost all their savings into their primary residence. So they want things to look very nice. Okay. Um, in On the Northeast side of Indianapolis where I was investing, people didn't care very much about their houses at all. Now, obviously the, the care that goes into those houses are a lot less and the house prices in Norway are 10 times, 15 times higher.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah but, the rent that I saw in Indianapolis was eight to 10 times higher than what you see in Norway relative to the housing prices. So I could buy a house over there for $50,000 and I could rent it out for $10,000 a year.
0: Whoa.
1: Now if you do that math, you can see that that's pretty easy to make that go around. But I mean, it's the, those houses are not gonna look the same, you know what I mean? <laughs> like they're gonna look very different to the houses over here. Um, So for me, like, I think if I had gone to Indianapolis before I started buying, I don't know if I would have bought there Mm. because I have a bias. I have a certain idea of what I want things to look like. And I want to have some kind of ownership pride. Now, don't get me wrong. I wasn't investing in the ghetto either, but Mm. compared to the normal that I'm used to, that was a, there was a difference there. And I don't know if I would have been buying over there because I maybe would have gotten in my own way. So Mm -hmm. for me, yeah, it it made more sense to just be detached from it. And uh, I've been fortunate to make a lot of money um, since I got started. And I also believe I've taken no risk because the rent is so high and the appreciation's like, yeah, there's been some appreciation, but that's not really been part of my strategy. The rent is $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Half of that is about like, half of that goes to costs, but half of that goes to me. I mean, that's a twenty percent gross return and a ten percent net return. It's better than I've found anywhere else, and it happens pretty much regardless of what's going on. And uh, the monthly rate for me was about eight hundred dollars in rent. The expenses was about four hundred. Now that's a big buffer, you know. Even if the market, mm-hmm. like the real, like if the rental market falls to to where the rent is six hundred now, twenty five percent drop. Which can happen. I've seen that happen in other places. It's happened even more in Dubai. But you know, I could I could stomach a a 50% drop before I start to see see a financial situation that's not ideal. So um, yeah.
0: I see. So like, uh, let's still it to the people. Maybe me and you read a lot about investment and so on. But we talk people, maybe a little bit wide. So like. If we can sum up this for them, if like real estate is a secure investment in case, in case you are working and making sure the details are going well and you have looked to it, uh, into it from many different size, uh, sides, due, due diligence, done uh, everything that you need to do and have to do, So, this investment be a successful investment. As uh, Robert uh, Kiyosaki says, uh, there is no risky investment. There is a risky investor.
1: Sure. Okay. I, I, I see where he's going, and I'm not disagreeing completely, but I'm also not agreeing completely. I mean, there are risky investments out there. I mean, I think there are risky investments out there, but I think there's a lot of things you can do uh, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to plug my channel. I have a YouTube channel, uh, okay. maybe we can link to it later, where I describe how I go about picking a city or first a country and then a city and then a suburb and then a street and then a particular house. And I go through all the things that i I do in order to mitigate risk. Um, but like that's about two hours worth of content. I don't like I can talk about this for hours literally. <laughs> So, there's a lot of things you can do to mitigate risk in real estate. Again, not complicated. There's just a few different things you should be worried about. Um, Either A, you're going to do all the stuff yourself and you can get it done well, but then again, it becomes a time issue. Do you have the time? Or then, if you want to outsource everything, maybe you need to make sure that you're a good manager uh, and find the right people. Typically, you have to pay more for those people than the ones that are good. Uh, I've gotten burned a few times picking cheaper. Cheaper solutions, and as long as you can surround yourself with good people around you, you should be able to make a very risk-free uh, investment. I'm fortunate to say I haven't lost any money on any deal that I've done so far. Whoa. That said, I've only been investing in an upward market, but I've I've spent a lot of time looking at uh, financial crashes and stuff like that. So I should be ready for the next crash. I, I feel I, I li- I'm liking my chances, anyways. But we'll see.
0: All right. So, like for your YouTube channel, we're gonna have like uh, the link for it in the description of this episode. So, if somebody like would like to see your videos and so on, they can go to it and subscribe and see these contents. That would be lovely. All right. So, like this, like let me uh, tell the listeners, like uh, real estate is in general a good investment. Just make sure like this is a really wide topic in how to secure yourself, just make sure, like, get as many resources, as much as possible. As you heard, uh, Morgan, he read about 800 book. Uh, he had the teams, uh, he had people help him. Like, if you do all of these things, I say, like, the risk will go down as much as possible, and hopefully, you will not get into any trouble or lose any money.
1: I would like to say that Mm. you don't need to read 800 books. That's almost a sickness. (laughs) (laughs) They need to have a decent number of books. If you can find, if you can find the right people around you, you don't have to read anything, but there's so much information on YouTube. If you can find really good um, channels out there, there's, my channel is very small. I haven't made a lot of videos. I have two kids and I run two businesses, so I'm rather busy. but you know, there's really good resources out there. I would really recommend the Bigger Pockets podcast. They they're the biggest real estate um, podcast in in the world. Um, yeah, th- there's so much information out there. There's amazing information. If you just listen to those podcasts, I mean, you're pretty much ready to go. Um, or or reach out to a mentor. Reach out to a friend who's very successful at it already i I have a mentor service that I'm currently running. i I teach about I have a maximum capacity of about four students per month. Uh, I don't come cheap. i'm I know that I'm good, so I don't charge myself cheaply. But I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do this. My mentor, he didn't pick up a book. He still hasn't. He's really smart. He's just a natural. Um, yeah, there are many ways to do real estate successfully. There's no such thing as one formula for anything. you gotta suit, like, you got to find a strategy that suits you. There's plenty of ways to mitigate risk, but there's also a lot of downfalls. So if you can find somebody who's smart uh, and to help you out, uh, you should be able to, uh, to avoid any major pitfalls.
0: Yes, yes, for sure. And like, uh, let me tell something to my listeners. Uh, nothing uh, cheap is good. <laughs> when uh, it's cost, like I, you really find something good in discount, like you go to the mall shopping center, have you ever find something good in discount? Never, <laughs> probably not. No, it will probably never probably happen. <laughs> All right, so now, uh, um, Morgan, yes, sir. Can, can, can you tell us, like, maybe how a person can invest in real estate? Can you give him just maybe some few simple steps that he can take. So let's say he has, maybe he wanna do this real estate, he saw some property, he did some due diligence, and so on, but he mm. doesn't know what to do. What, what, what like in your opinion, shall he do these steps to make sure like he get the deal, the deal is good, mm. and so on, just in general?
1: Okay, well, let me try to unpack this question. So depending on what kind of personality and what kind of constraints you have, you should be picking a certain type of real estate investment. If you are wealthy in cash, but not in time, let's say you're a a professional, you have a full-time job and maybe a family, you need to find a way to invest in real estate that doesn't eat up a lot of your time. Now, if that's your case, then you have two options. Either A, go with long-term rentals that like where you buy something, maybe you find a property manager or you, find your own tenant, and and then you just set and forget pretty much. That's one way to do it. Or you can find somebody such as myself. Um, I run a real estate fund where, where I find investors that are very busy, that have a lot of money, but don't have the skill or the time to invest in real estate themselves. They give me money and then I do that for them. Now, there's a lot of unethical players out there So I would be very mindful, be very careful who you decide to go with. I'm not saying that this is necessarily a good strategy for everyone or in any case, but uh, that would certainly be a viable option. Now, if you have a lot of time, but if you're cash poor, which is in some cases, uh, you should probably be very smart with um, networking. If you can find somebody else who has the opposite problem, there are people out there that have a lot of money, but no time. If you could pair up with them, maybe you can make a business relationship happen and uh, make it profitable for everybody uh, Another option is to be to read up and understand the banking situation what kind of loans do they want to give, and what kind of clients are they looking for? If you maybe can figure out what kind of clients this particular bank is looking for or maybe even what time they're looking to lend out that's another big one that a lot of people miss um, you know there are there are, there are seasons to, to when banks have money, and, um, and the person that's going to sit in front of you is going to have a particular mood. Maybe they just came home from a holiday. Maybe they're much more likely to give you a loan, uh, or maybe the bank just has received a lot of money, and they're looking to, to, to place it. Um, so yeah, I, I guess if you don't have a lot of money, but you have a lot of time, I would certainly pick up a lot of books, get educated. Uh, books are not expensive. Uh, YouTube is free as long as you have a computer. Uh, Get educated so that you get ready for the time when you have money. Um, Flipping is certainly something that you could do. You can maybe buy something uh, at a discount, but fix it up. It really depends on what kind of skills you have. There's so many ways to make money in real estate. I could probably count it. I could probably pick out a thousand if I had a long enough time. for me, as an example, I'm pretty good at Excel and I'm pretty good at taking a large data set and crystallize that information to make sense of it um, and see what does all these numbers mean? Where can I go in order to capitalize on the opportunity that's coming? As an example, um, a few years back when I saw the oil prices were crashing, I was predicting that they were going to crash. I had no idea that it was gonna crash that much, but I was deducing that if they crash, the Norwegian economy, which where I come from, the Norwegian economy will go down as much as the oil prices go because we're so entwined with that uh, that financial sector. If the markets crash, the interest rates will come down. People in Norway will still keep their jobs because the, the sector brings in a lot of money, but it's not that many jobs. So the real estate market it will almost certainly be unaffected. In fact, because businesses will need cheaper loans, interest rates will come down. People will have access to more lending. People will have access to more money that way. So house prices will go up. Uh, And my prediction was correct. Uh, Real estate prices in my hometown went up by 12% three years in a row. And I was able to capture that whole thing. That's my skill. Um, I'm not particularly smart, particularly particularly talented with a hammer. Uh, I know how to do a lot of things, but I'm not very efficient. I'm I'm not as good as a carpenter is. But um, yeah, if you can figure out what kind of skills you have, you should be able to deploy that into real estate in a sensible way.
0: I see, so like, not only like a person, uh, let's say who can go and look for poverty and do uh, the buying himself. Maybe like I recommend uh, this to other people, there are like some uh, crowdfunding Sites out there that they sell you a small share uh, mm-hmm. in real estate and like, uh, maybe you can try. Now I don't recommend any kind of investing at all, but maybe you can take a look at these, uh, See them because like the amount you will pay, it's much lower than actually going and doing a, a full deal by yourself. You can like see how things goes see how the ROI will come into your money. Maybe uh, you, you'll, you will see that real estate, easy to get hard to get rid of.
1: <laughs> that yeah. can certainly be the case, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, like easy to buy, yeah. But like you want to sell, it can take a good amount mm-hmm. of time and even some skills yeah. to get it out of uh, your face.
1: Absolutely. Every country is different in that regard. Um, there are legal systems in place that are lubricating or preventing those transactions to take place. Mm -hmm. In Norway, man, real estate is flying off the shelves. It's almost impossible to, to, to sit with a property. Like if you want to sell it, it's gone in less than a month. And it's been like that for, I don't know, 40 years with very few exceptions. And there are reasons for this. Like Norwegians are very house proud, but if you go to America, if you go to a, let's say a, um, a low class neighborhood man you can maybe expect to sit with that property for nine months before you can sell it so man it really depends on what kind of condition your house is in there's a lot of factors a lot of variables
0: yeah yeah they they like uh start try to start your journey in a smart uh, way uh, in a way that it's uh, low in risk okay uh, and just like Again, do your due diligence, look around, as Morgan told you, there are more than a single way to do uh, real estate investing. And just like, maybe just don't do it alone.
1: Maybe this is uh, the best yeah. thing,
0: yeah.
1: I can totally say that. As long as you can find somebody smart, it's almost certainly not gonna be a bad deal. But then again, there are many things that can go wrong that ju- that's outside of your control. You gotta be comfortable with, well, you should be smart enough to control the things you can and know the things that you don't have the ability to control and make sure that your investment makes in like an income that's high enough to, to mitigate those risks. As an example, when I started my, my fund Pillux Capital, uh, in January, everything was looking really good. Mm -hmm. We hadn't really heard of the whole COVID situation. Like it was in the media, but it was something that was happening in Asia. Nobody was really paying close attention to it. Um, me being invested or looking to invest in short-term rental housing is obviously focused on a lot of tourism but Mm. what we were looking to do like we we were analyzing this uh before we started to deploy our capital like what kind of tourism can we see in indianapolis where my fund is situated um it's national sport events now we did not anticipate that it was going to be a full meltdown uh, and we were we were right. I mean, we were able to buy houses very affordably, uh, and mitigated our risk that way. Some uh, at the same time, rather than buying fifteen houses at three hundred thousand dollars price range with, with leverage, we decided to buy four with cash and then just refinance later. There are many different ways that you can mitigate risk as long as you're as long as you're understanding what tools you have like available to you. I find that a lot, like a lot of the success you're going to have in real estate or failure of the success is dependent on what kind of knowledge you're sitting with. There's a lot of people that's that believe that they understand what's going on and the, they believe that they know all the ways that there is to invest. Uh, I see that in my meetups all the time. I've been running these meetups in Dubai for four and a half years and I've met all sorts of people. And uh, I frequently find people that have no idea that you can buy real estate with no money at all. And I, I could probably figure out 10 different ways to do it. I mean, it's about It's about figuring out the situation, what you can do about it, and there's a lot of tools out there. that You just gotta find the right people or read the right books.
0: That's right, that's right. It's it's a journey and it's very nice journey. (laughs) All right, so now let's talk in numbers about uh, real estate and it's like size. So I have some statistics uh, over here regarding the size of real estate market in the US at uh, 2018. Now for sure these numbers may be changed and so on, but the estimated size, let me tell you this, 17 trillion dollar. Imagine, I mean, look how insane this number in just a single country in the world. We didn't even look at uh, Europe, we did not look uh, at Asia. Just a single country yeah. out there, the house is the housing, the real estate estimated with seventeen trillion dollars. So I think like there is a big chance for anybody, anybody to go there and invest and make some money. For sure, like doing it the right way. For sure. <laughs> There's Not plenty of people like doing, doing it, it, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just Invest and they think like, yeah, we're gonna make money really quick. No, it's it's a journey and it's a process. All right. Sure. <laughs> so now, so now, uh, Morgan, you have talked a little bit about uh, the current situation and its effect on like on some properties uh, that you have. Uh, so now, uh, what the current situation will have effect on the real estate uh, market and in the long run do you think that the things will change or not
1: well there's always change um but different markets and different segments of markets are affected differently by depending on what's going on as an example um, hmm, let me think about an example here real quick so right now we have a COVID-19 situation unfolding in, in different parts of the world at different rates. In Norway, things have normalized almost completely now. There's almost nothing changed anymore. Now, Norway locked down very quickly, but now it's back to normal. Uh, in Indianapolis, things have been more or less unchanged. There, there was a temporary change. Uh, real estate prices dropped really quickly there's a lot of people over there that are, that are doing uh, flipping. Like that's a very popular trend over there. You buy a rundown house and you fix it up and then you sell it. Now the professional flippers, they will probably buy, well, they can buy as many as 20 houses at the same time and run 20 houses with rehab. And they don't have the money to buy all of those themselves. So what they do is that they borrow money from, a, from a, what we call a hard money lender somebody who gives riskier loans, um, but at a higher price. So let's say maybe as much as 12 or 14% interest rate. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a flipper and you have 20 houses going at any time, that's a tremendous risk and you don't, like let's say like what we saw was in March, nobody knew how big this pandemic was gonna be. We saw that it was hitting Italy and like things were looking terrible in many places. And has been awful for a lot of families, um, but like at that moment in time, it was very unclear how bad this was going to be, how bad it was going to be for the real estate market and such as and things such as that. So we saw houses going like normally for thirty thousand, no, sorry, three hundred thousand dollars. They were going for two hundred and twenty, like huge drop for no real reason other than these flippers, they were looking to offload these, these properties just to mitigate their risk. Uh, we were obviously able to capitalize on a few of those opportunities. Um, but then again, I don't, I personally don't believe we've seen the, the crash in its full uh, full scale yet. I think we're having mm. like some tremors before the real earthquake. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit of a doomsday prepper here, but um, I believe like, oh yeah. Uh, as an example in America, I saw that banks have now come out with a statement saying that we will allow you to not pay your mortgage for up to a year. But when you decide to start paying again, you have to pay the whole thing in one go. Like you have to pay the balance as a, like if you stop paying for 11 months, that, that month, when you decide to pay again, you have to pay the full 11 months in one (laughs) go. Like, If that remains in effect, now I don't know if this information is current or not, but if that remains in effect, rather than just, hey, how about we just add those 12, 11 months to the end of your loan, like just extend your loan period. Like if they can find a way to do that from a legal perspective, rather than say, look, we accept your delayed payments, but you have to do it as a lump sum. If they can do that, people don't have to worry about uh, a foreclosure, foreclosure process because there's going to be a lot, like many people will be able to pay that bill, but mm-hmm. many people won't. And if 1%, like if 99 can do it and not, and 1% can't, that's a lot of houses going on the real estate market in foreclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, I'm currently pulling my money out of America just to hedge my risk a little bit. I still think it's fine. Look, there's going to come a quake if. If it's coming, it's going to come, and I think it's going to bounce back up again in in a, in a few years' time. Real estate is a is a moving thing; it, it, it's alive. You know, it goes up and down. Um, generally speaking, it goes a lot more up than down, but it also depends. You know, it depends on where you are. Luxury accommodation is more likely to go down in financial crashes, but it's also more likely to spike higher when you have good times. You know, if you look at Dubai, uh, I'm less familiar with Abu Dhabi. I, I presume that it's somewhat somewhat similar. But if you look at Dubai, you know, in the crash, the whole market just melted completely. But in the upturn, mm-hmm. it's gone up more than any other place in the world that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. So if you can tolerate big swings, sure, go right ahead. But I mean, if you like clarity, like I like to see where I'm going, I, I think I associate Long vision with investing. If I can see where I'm going, then I don't have to take any risk, or at least I can cover pretty much every risk that I can. And there are many ways that we can do risk mitigation. Um, understanding what you're getting into is just one of them. Diversification is another, and so forth.
0: I see. So, like, maybe we did not see the bad thing yet. Maybe there is some things worse are coming. We hope for the best for sure, but like we want to tell our listeners the good side and the bad side, so like at least they have prepared and hitched themselves from what's coming.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't want bad things to to anyone, Um, but when there is a crash, disaster for some usually means opportunity for somebody else. And there are ways that you can educate yourself so that you can capitalize on those opportunities when they present themselves. There's gonna be money up for grabs when the next crash comes, whether that's next year, this year, or 10 years from now, or maybe 100 years from now. Like, assuming you're alive, maybe that's a poor example, but there's always people finding ways to make money in, in, in terrible times. And that doesn't mean you should be preying on other people's misery, but usually you're providing a solution to somebody who's in distress. Money is just one thing you can value in life, you know? Um The house that I'm in right now, there was a senior guy. He was of poor health um, and he needed to sell his house immediately. Yeah. So he was valuing the, the speed of the transaction more so than the money itself. He was also a very rich man. So he didn't care that much about money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Speed can be valuable to some people, you know, or you know comfort maybe somebody just wants somebody to be to be kind to them maybe if you can be kind you don't have to pay so much money money is not the only valuable thing
0: Mm, yes yes there are many things to consider and uh, to look at and uh, again like as we told our listeners there's always opportunities out there anytime any part of the world as well, like not even a single place, but you need to know how to find these thieves and get them. All yes. right, so okay. Uh, so, Morgan, how actually a person and you talked uh, earlier uh, a little bit about this, like how can I actually uh, identify uh, that uh, maybe there is uh, a good deal here okay or this area maybe in the future like uh, it can be like there's some plans going on there will be some housing some projects and so on How, how like a person can do this identification for the
1: opportunities right so again if you're looking for high returns on a short time span what I'm gonna be talking about now is less relevant because I like to think about long time horizons and and I accept lower returns for that reason. So the number one thing that I'm looking for is political stability. Uh, Political stability is incredibly important. And I don't just mean like, is the country safe to live in, but also is the political parties that are pulling the country's laws, are they all pulling in the same direction? Can you see where things are going? That's an issue with America where every four to eight years, you know, there seems to be a political shift, you know, either it's Republican or, or Democrat. Um, in Norway, as an example, we for, for the most part have a very stable, uh, stable government that has one vision that takes us in one, one direction for a long time. That makes it a lot easier to see. This is one thing that I find that Dubai doesn't have as much of, Dubai is such a progressive state where there's so much development and the leaders are visionaries and they want to see amazing change in a short amount of time. And that's amazing. But it also provides very little foresight opportunities for someone such as myself who's maybe thinking in 25 year increments, um, which is rare for any investor anyways, to think about it and like, think about those types of time horizons. But um, yeah, All right. So like there, like, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt. I just uh, remember something like if you want to look for what can be a good opportunity, Mm -hmm. I mean, the markers of a good opportunity for me is something that's bringing in cash flow at a high rate, something that gives you your money, like your initial investment back quickly. That's one marker that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. As an example, if you're looking to buy a a $1 million investment, but you only have to put in a hundred thousand yourself, like how quickly can you get that 100,000 back? As soon as you get that back, do you have any risk? Maybe you don't, because it's like all the money has already been recouped. Um, if you have a, a, a deal where you have no money at all into it, you know, you're, every money that you're, like all the money that you're making from this, is basically infinite return. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's there so many ways, like it's, it's hard to have one conversation about this because, mm. There's so many variables here. There's so many ways to do this. Real estate isn't just one thing, you know. There's mm-hmm. landlording is one thing. It's it's all encompassed by the real estate umbrella. But yeah, there's so there's a lot of different opportunities for anybody.
0: I see. So like, uh, maybe somebody would like to see that this area has, uh, let's say, future. First thing first, let's let them take a, take a look at the. Country itself, it's a stable, political situation is going uh, well, Uh, the region itself is uh, doing well, there are no, uh, let's say, uh, clashes and so on around it. And then like uh, they want to look at, uh, let's say, the income and what they can generate from this property as a return on their money. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add?
1: Ooh, we could probably talk yeah. about this for hours. Um, Maybe
0: just a quick point, like no need to go in details, just look at this, look at that. So
1: I Sorry. mean, well, what I typically do is I typically sit down with the people that I'm mentoring and I say, look, what what is your precise situation? Mm-hmm. And depending on what situation you're in, Different opportunities is what, like, you should be considering different opportunities. Now, if you know, as an example, that you're going to be moving to a particular country after you're done with your time in the Middle East, or uh, maybe you know that you're going to move somewhere because your wife is from there and that's where you're going to go eventually. Mm -hmm. If you can start to allocate money in that way, maybe the opportunities that are there now may not make that much sense, but eventually they will. If you're looking for a high return straight away, which a lot of investors do, I mean you've got to chase you got to chase the information where it's at. You could be looking for opportunities like I am, like reading the media, uh, finding out where are the where are developments happening and you can chase those, but that's not going to give you a 25 year time horizon play pretty much. So if you're looking to capture opportunities, you can definitely be opportunistic in that way. Um, look for projects, major projects, and, and, and try to deter. Like, try to determine what what does that mean? What does that mean for the market? Um, mm-hmm. Like, which countries right now are doing really well because of the COVID situation? Is there anyone who's mm-hmm. less affected? Where are the factories that are producing uh, antibacterial? Um, like, w- w- what's going on? Like, there's all like every time there's a shift there's somebody making money
0: okay just a second just a second okay so like uh, you talked about like uh, they get information and so on it's like this do a quick summarize uh, look for the political situation uh, what income you will get uh, read the news uh, in the region and uh, uh, network get people uh, that they have uh, some knowledge uh, like about the topic. Is there is anything Absolutely. else or?
1: Man, there's a lot. Um, I made a, a YouTube video um, that I referred to earlier that is an hour of me talking about how I look at a deal and how I look at precisely that information. I go into, um, how can you determine if there's job growth in that area? Um, Will your tenants have job security? What kind of sectors is in that particular city? Uh, Is it easy for people to commute in and out from that area? If they lose their job, can they go somewhere else nearby and find jobs there? Um, What are the crime rates? There are certain parts of cities that can have a lot of crime. Um, Is that likely to be the case? Is crime spreading? Is it being reduced? Mm -hmm. You can look at um, developments of new shopping malls, Railroad tracks, uh, new highways, there's as long as there's development, as long as there's shifts, as long as you monitor what those shifts are, you can you can get in in front of progress and progress can mean many different things. You know, reducing crime. Is there a new school being built nearby? Is that going to affect the situation? Mm -hmm. My friend bought a house here in Norway, right next to where they're building a brand new school. Mm -hmm. That's obviously going to affect the real estate market over there um yeah man there's so many different ways to, to 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 look at this and i have a an hour video where i talk about this
0: yes let's try to crunch some data out there to help you
1: mm, yeah absolutely there's so much information out there um i show in that video how i how i find that information online and, and i i show how you can do that too
0: mm, that's good to know all right.
1: So, uh,
0: Morgan, what do you think, like, uh, the future of uh, real estate investment? Do you see some uh, changes out there happening to the real estate investment? Like, for example, I- I've seen, like, the number of crowdfunding uh, websites growing. What else, like, you've seen and uh, changes that is happening?
1: Right. I think... Um, one of the big ones is that younger generations, young people now, they have a lot more student loans um, and they have a higher need to travel or need is maybe not the right word, a want, a desire for travel uh, with Facebook and like all these influencer channels, um, social media is telling you that you've got to go out there and travel and see the world. There's less emphasis on buying the, your own property. So you see a lot more tenant culture. People are renting more. And... People are looking to smaller spaces. I also think there's a lot fewer people that don't, have, like, that, that don't know how to renovate their own properties. So I think apartment buildings are gonna be in higher demand. Um, so I think that's gonna be, like if you could buy apartments, particularly new ones today that are gonna be built sturdy in particularly attractive uh, locations. I find it paradoxical. I don't know if this is gonna be the case still, but people are moving into bigger cities. You know, you see more and more people moving into like there's a centralization going on, which is a paradox, in my opinion, because the digital world makes it easier and easier for you to work from home. Now, if you could work from home, why would you want to live in a small crowded space? Why when you can have a nicer garden or, or a bigger space? But, yeah, there's definitely a, a general generational shift in that regard. Um that that's already you can already monitor monitor it um, yes, you have crowd crowdfunding platforms and such as that that 's also new technology in the real estate space, but the reason why I like real estate is predominantly because it 's so slow to move it 's so slow to make shifts yes. you can 't develop an app that makes you not having to have a place to live anymore you still need to house your body somewhere. Even if we made a, some kind of amazing machine to, to take our uh, consciousness somewhere else, you still need to have a place where you hide your body. Um, I think that's gonna be the case for as long as I'm alive. Maybe we'll have a different world 50 years from now, I don't know, but what is really attractive for me, at least with real estate, is that it's so slow to move. So, um yeah shift changes are coming digital tools are being developed all the time that makes it easier to transact real estate from far away um that's something that i was a, an early adapter of being able to buy real estate in america without having to go there now you have zoom and before that you had skype and zillow and you have google maps and google street View, so you can walk the streets without ever without ever having to go somewhere mm-hmm. i think you see a lot of technical tools that are making this information easier to find um, but yeah, I still think that there's a lot of how should, like, there's a lot of development in the world, but real estate for the most part stays the same. That means that you can grow old doing the same thing. You don't have to learn the new tricks all the time with, with, uh, with the tech world. It's fast moving. You have to yes. like, as long, like as soon as you stop following the trend, you're not catching up anymore. So. I I was a I was on MySpace. I was I'm I'm still on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn, I believe. But you know, Snapchat and Instagram and those those tools, I've fallen off the bandwagon in that regard. Yes. Too old. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think starting to change really really quick in the tech world. Yeah. Real estate. That's maybe the nice thing about real estate a building and somebody lives there and that's the entire story.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. If you buy something new today, you don't have to deal with any maintenance for 10 years if you're lucky. <laughs> oh. So, um, yeah, I find that very attractive. Um, for some people it's boring. You know, you mm-hmm. you don't have to interact with it. So it becomes, um, it's no longer part of your, your cognitive processes and you lose touch with it and you lose interest as a result. Mm-hmm. That, that can happen to some people. You Again, you may, real estate is not for everybody, but anyone can make money in real estate if they if they, if they decide to, to become good at something. There's so many ways to make money in real estate, like whether it's selling it, uh, buying it, fixing it, renting it out. Um, I know people that are flipping contracts, they're not even buying the property itself. They're just buying the right to buy a property and then they mm-hmm. sell it before it ever comes. Options in real estate, there's, yeah. Uh, my my biggest inspiration is a guy who he buys mountain cabin lots and he finds really old farms in Norway you know the ones where they build with logs that are stacked like this uh, so these properties are 200-300 years old the farmers want to keep the land but they want to renew the building so they give him that building for free uh, and they also give him some money so that he can remove it Now, he takes that building apart and puts it back together again on his mountain lot, and he makes it into a cabin. So he basically pays almost no money at all for it, and he rents it out to somebody with no water, no electricity, just a very rustic, low, a very basic recommendation. But he gets a ton of money for doing that. There are people that are willing to pay a lot of money for that type of structure, that that type of uh, holiday. So, um, man, as as long as you find a way to channel your creativity, you can make money in a lot of different ways.
0: Mm, yes, yes. Get, get the creative. There are ma- more than a, a one way to make uh, money in this market.
1: Probably more than a thousand. <laughs> yes, that's correct.
0: All right. So, uh, Morgan, you mentioned that uh, you early bought some uh, international uh, real estate around uh, the world. Now, uh, do you think that maybe it's a good move to
1: invest in more than one country (sighs) for the most part i would say yes i do think it's a good move but it comes with a caveat um anytime you pick up another market that's another set of political uh situations you have to monitor that's another group of people you have to monitor maybe that's another currency that you have to be have exposure to and that can be good and that can be bad um for the sake of management, being in one location is definitely more attractive, but to spread your risk, if you can have some money in America and some money in Europe and some money in Asia, or maybe some in like, it doesn't matter where, as long as you're in more than one place, if one place goes to to zero or if one place is struggling, you may be able to to capture that. One One thing that I've been seeing recently is because oil prices have been rather low, the Norwegian currency has been low as well, and the American currency has gone high. Now, I'm in both those markets, so now is a good time for me to to buy Norwegian kroner with American dollars. Now, I have dollars, so I'm able to capture the the currency change, and I can make about 40% on my investment. I don't even have to buy anything smart in Norway. I can just buy something that just stays steady and, and keep it there for two, three years and put the money back in America again when it makes more sense to do that. So mm. you have the you have the added opportunity to, to, to use currency as an extra lever to, to, to generate even more capital. Um, but is it for everybody? Absolutely not. It's not for everybody. That mm. means you have to follow it, like at least if you wanna be responsible, You wanna follow the political movement. Uh, And certainly you have another set of people that you need to communicate with. If you're gonna be in a different location, you need to outsource everything. If you have people you can trust, no problem. But again, um, I've had people that I was able to trust for a long time and then their situation changed. My property manager a few years back, a wonderful guy, amazing guy. He's like, I'm fortunate to call him my friend. he had a wife that developed breast cancer while he was managing my properties. And I'm relieved to say that he's okay now and, and his wife is okay too, obviously. Um, but while that was going on, I didn't have my property manager and he's a good person. And he wasn't like, he just fell apart for, for very natural reasons. I have nothing but, uh, appreciation and understanding for how, how he behaved. But at that time I lost my manager. And I didn't even know. he just disappeared. He fell like he fell off the earth for, for okay. two months, mm-hmm. and the tenant couldn't reach him and like the, <laughs> I didn't even know it was happening. so oh. uh, yeah so I mean you have that added exposure as well when you have people in your organization, any business person will know this. you, you never work alone. Um, more people means more liabilities and, or more things that can go wrong. but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a good idea to summarize. I think it's a good idea but it's not for everybody. If you're a busy person that don't have the time, I do this full time, remember? So it's pretty easy for me to, for me to monitor this. Um, but if you're a very busy guy that, that don't have time, I mean, maybe it's not just fine, but it helps mitigate the risk. So, um, it means like if the dollar is strong and you're earning dollars and you're making dollars, great. But if the, currency is falling and all your money is in that weak currency i mean maybe it's not so good it's a way to spread your risk
0: yes so like evaluate your opportunity uh, do your due diligence again and again and make sure that you are going into the right way
1: (laughs) yeah nice summary
0: (laughs) all right so now uh, morgan how a person can, like, let's say, lower uh, the amount of risk that he will face uh, while investing in real estate? Now, for sure, there are many ways to do this. But can you give us, like, just a simple one point so, like, anybody can, like, understand it and maybe use it if needed?
1: Okay. Okay. Um... One of our favorite topics to debate at My Investor Club in Dubai is, is it better to have as much leverage as possible? If you don't have any money into your deal, do you have any risk? If you have no money into the deal, but it's still generating money, is it risky? Or if you buy it all cash, no leverage at all, and because you have a higher buffer for things to go wrong, is that less risky? I mean, you can pick one or the other. I don't think there's anything wrong, except if you buy something all cash, the likelihood of something going wrong is low. Um, As long as you're buying insurance and things like that, it's very low. But then again, if something goes wrong, you can stand to lose everything. I belong to this category. I prefer to buy cash if I can, but obviously real estate can be very expensive. It can be very cost prohibitive and it really makes your returns low. Um, If you buy with a lot of leverage, I assume that some of our viewers are going to be of, uh, of Islamic faith and don't believe in borrowing money. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with avoiding borrowing money. Um, I've bought, Several houses with with no leverage at all. Um, leverage can be a tremendous, power, tremendously powerful tool, and it can be a way to mitigate risk. If you do the Robert Kiyosaki way, where you buy properties with as little money as possible, borrow as much as possible, and, and find a way to make money that way, then again, you, you're gonna you're more sensitive to market fluctuations. So, uh, the best way to mitigate risk is information. Get smart find somebody to teach you uh, or find books that can teach you find YouTube videos that can teach you Um, education is or lack of education is almost always the the real problem Um, and you can get insurance for the rest.
0: I see. So like we mentioned, uh, we mentioned the word information a lot of time in this episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, now, uh, Morgan, uh, for sure, like, somebody will do uh, real estate investing and he, he might, like, maybe his first deal didn't work out, he lost money and so on. Like, uh, how someone can, like, deal with the mistakes that he is doing and so on? Is it, like, the end for him if he did a bad deal? And yes, like it's the end. He,
1: no more. No. <laughs> Just kidding. <And> <laughs> yeah, stop? if you lose, <laughs> yeah, you're out. That so you don't do it again. No, I think, I think the best way to, to deal with this, the best way that I've found to serve me is to never think of a, a loss as, um, an actual loss. Like, the mindset that I'm carrying is, if I make a mistake, I either, or if I do anything, either I win or I learn. Um, I learned something that I can do differently next time. I learned that I didn't do enough research on this particular topic, or I used the wrong person. Maybe I had the wrong mindset. Maybe I wasn't like, I try to learn from every mistake. And as long as, as long as I can make new mistakes all the time and learn from the ones that I've made, I don't think that that's a loss. Um, sometimes you end up taking a big hit. Those are the ones you should try to avoid but maybe like if you're, if you're, um, if you're a person that are in, that's impatient, you should find somebody that's going to slow you down in a positive sense. You know, if, if like a lot of my mistakes are related to me not being detail oriented enough, I'm very good at high concepts, um, but I often lose details. So I need to have somebody on my team that can help me with the details. When you're reading contract as an example, if I'm reading a contract I'm almost illiterate it's very hard for me to read those contracts and, and look for the fine details um, but my wife she's an absolute master at it so I have people on my team that can cover for my weaknesses
0: yeah. so, I see so like uh, learning from uh, what's uh, what did you do wrong uh, many things out there would not go big or great if if actually did not start with a mistake or doing something wrong. So deal with your failures, it's okay. You are in a learning process. You are exploring yeah, a, new, a new area, totally a new, new area. And by the yeah. time, for sure, things will get much smoother and much
1: easier. Absolutely, I mean, don't be afraid to make mistakes. You're gonna make them, but try to avoid making stupid mistakes, like try to avoid, if you can learn from other people's mistakes rather than make your own all the time. That's what I've been doing. Like I've been learning from other people's mistakes by reading the books. You know, these are masters at their game and they've spent time writing a book about it. Now it's not going to be a perfect overlap, but it's like I can learn a lot of what to do and what not to do. And I would also say like, I remember when I was, when I was a teenager and when I was a kid, Um, doing math, math was kind of my strong suit. I was able to figure out a lot of things and I enjoyed it. That was my field. Now, what I would do is rather than read the book on how to figure out how to do things, what I would do is I would skip to the very end where they would provide you with the solution. You would just get the answer to the questions. And then I would go back again and try to figure it out. I was following somebody's system, but like I also generated my own. I think if you can if you can follow somebody else's system first that should at least be like the guard guardrails on a bowling alley where where someone's provided a system where you can at least avoid the big mistakes and your odds of hitting the pins at the end is much higher if you take a a class with me or somebody else who does what i do i mean the odds of you striking out is or, or failing is almost impossible now what kind of like, you're going to make mistakes along the way, but they're probably going to be higher quality mistakes. And also, um, if you have a resourceful person in your network, you can use their experience to learn faster, learn better. You know, I can see mistakes that some people are doing that they maybe cannot do because they're too close to it or maybe I've seen it before and have a different understanding. Um Uh, that's what I'm doing as well. I'm, I'm covering as much information as I can. Like I am on YouTube every day, looking for information and and listening to the podcasts and and reading books. I'm currently reading a lot of books about Airbnb. That's what I'm, that's where I'm heading for the, for, for the near future. So yeah, I mean, for me, it's about information gathering and, 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 um, and finding the right people to partner up with. Saves so much time and energy on that, on, on that strategy
0: yes yes your network can be your net worth actually and universal yeah. learning at the end of the day you always learning right. yeah okay so uh, we talked earlier about uh, bigger pockets which is actually uh, like i know new v8 like uh, it's a well-known uh, community out there to invest in real estate and i want to throw it a uh, lot of time it has some really nice uh, like give you uh, many strategies uh, many people like uh, you can engage with the uh, discussion with people on some certain topics and like they can actually help you a lot like uh, what like what other places online you can recommend for someone uh, to go and get uh, some information for real estate
1: mm. for real estate i would say bigger pockets is definitely the number one resource uh amazon.com is where you find the books uh youtube is where you find a lot of youtube videos there are people that are very smart about it um that are making videos uh people that are smarter than me that are doing it at a higher pace than me those are my three number ones i don't uh is it shameful to plug my own website uh scandinavianideal.com there's not so much information there other than that's mm-hmm. the portal where you that you use to reach me um yeah those are the ones that i use
0: i see so like they can get uh into maybe youtube uh bigger books as well uh, i recommend it and uh also maybe maybe now this is not online but they can go themselves Just pick up the phone, call uh, somebody, I saw this house, learn more about like uh, how the deal is done, the structure, maybe they can call some local brokers and so on without actually doing a deal and they can get some information as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe like they can look online for some newsletters out there. I don't know anyone or any newsletters uh, for real estate.
1: Sure, like there I can also think of like meetup.com it's a place where people are organizing um, meetups. you know they let you know if there's going to be a local meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using bigger pockets. they have a, a meetup location themselves. Uh, obviously I've relocated to Norway recently, so I'm not going to be hosting in in, in Dubai anytime soon um, but yeah, I mean there there's plenty of plenty of information out there
0: i see i see all right so uh morgan uh do you have any last uh thoughts for us for our listeners if you would like to give them a message tell some tell them something and so on
1: sure um okay real estate has been incredibly rewarding for me it's it started off as something i just wanted to um to do for for fun, and it was interesting to me, and it's become a lifestyle, and it's been an incredibly rewarding. Uh, it's something that you can build your life around. Uh, it's a it's a type of investment strategy that facilitates really high quality life. Um, it's something that's probably going to stick around longer than 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 we are, and uh, it's something that you certainly develop as a person within, you know, like you learn and you grow, um, as well as hopefully, as long as you avoid big mistakes, you can, you can grow your net worth and your quality of life as well. Uh, I'm teaching my kids what we were talking about earlier. There's no such thing as a, as a failure. There's only learning or winning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I think if you can find a way to do it, you should, uh, it's, it's been re- incredibly rewarding for me. Uh, I, I love teaching it, I love making money, I love helping people uh, find a new place to live. I love turning something old and dilapidated into something new and beautiful. And I love to think about new solutions. So it, it's something that you can do whether you're of poor health, uh, if, you're, if you're physical, you, you can do it as, a, as an old person, as a young person, you can do it boy or girl, we have, uh, there's space for everybody. So, and all talents and all types of mindsets. Um, yeah, it's, it's really rewarding. I, I really recommend it.
0: Yeah, yeah, really, really nice thing to do. I actually grown my network. We are just talking about real estate, uh, not even doing deals, nothing. Just talking about real estate with other people. Uh, introduced me to many, many, people and many new opportunities and hopefully like I can uh, uh, get a new lifestyle from it as Morgan Lady mentioned. Okay. All right. So I would like to thank uh, my guest uh, Morgan Nelson for coming uh, with us. It was an incredible episode filled with information for real estate. Thank you Morgan for coming with us and sharing all this knowledge with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a true pleasure.
0: All right. So, and also I would like to thank my listeners for tuning in. Make sure you tune up for each uh, Friday for a new episode from the Advanced Business Show. Thank you for watching and see you next week.